Hello, media critique chic followers. This is Borderline Latina, and I am taking over. And as always, this is non scripted, but informed by my life, my experience, theory, research, knowledge. You get it, so let's get into it. All right. For this episode, I'm battling myself. I feel like I'm part of a dueling perspective, dueling facets of myself. I am borderline Latina, but I feel like the content in which I'm going to be talking about tonight is informed by many aspects of myself outside of borderline Latina, but also informs me as borderline Latina. Can I say my name any more times? Yeah. So, in the line and the theme of social justice, education, activism, I have pushed myself more over these years. And I, in these years since the, the pandemic and, you know, the racial reckoning and the George Floyd protest and when white people became aware of things that they should have been aware of a long time ago. All right, I know, white guilt popping up. Listen, let's move forward with this. I'm just giving context as to what I'm talking about. I, myself, have been on an educational journey. I mean, I did not wake up like this magically since birth, seeped into the trenches of working towards anti-racism, working towards social justice. I mean, obviously as a person of color, anti-racism is is baked in my bones. Of course, I want a better life for myself and for folks like me that have been historically marginalized. But I'd be lying if I were to say that even in my graduate level practices that I was dedicating so much of my knowledge towards anti-racism, particularly anti-black racism. Yes, I did study collectivism. Collectivism was the way that I had started building my interest. Um, The commonalities between my culture and other similar cultures and knowing that how they are all, you know, most often involving folks of color within collectivist societies, Latin American, African, Caribbean, Asian American, you know, and that's how I sparked my interest learning about that and, and learning it within the context of interpersonal relationships and romantic relationships and mental health. But I wouldn't say I really got into the social justice, anti-racism part of it until much later. Um, and maybe if I'm being generous with myself, maybe right before the pandemic, um, but even then, I still had a lot to learn. Um, I know a lot of that was kind of informed by burnout and me not wanting to be the token black person. I'm a black person. I got to talk about black issues. I got to be, you know, really kind of in the front forefront, leading the discussion, leading the charge. I mean, there was there was there was some anger, resentment, feeling like I had to be the one to do that. So I didn't. I didn't focus on that particularly. I mean. I mean, truth be told, in my practices, always is going to be informed by it. But I'm talking about in terms of like the history and the, you know, that type of foundational knowledge and stuff like that. I didn't really dive my hand deep into it because I was afraid that people would kind of peg me as that person and no one else would want to do the work. And I was like, hey, there are folks out doing it. 
let him do it. I'm gonna do me. And, you know, I'm, I'm just being honest and I'm being blunt and I'm honest, right? I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong. I know a lot of these things are, I'm saying, you know, that I've held in the past have, have been wrong and I've, and I've improved since then, but I wanted to give you context on it. Um, because today's topic is based on some growing, I guess, difficulty, discomfort that I've, that I've had, um, with myself and I guess working with folks in particular, right? So educating others, I'm not talking about people clinically in my practice. I'm talking about like, you know, educating like other professionals, right? Or soon to be professionals. And what I've noticed is particularly, and I, I noticed, I guess I didn't give myself credit of how like every time I teach materials, like I'll, I'll teach upon the same topics, but every time I teach them I change things and I add new things and I guess I was kind of taking myself for granted being like well this is the way you're supposed to do right like you can't just have the same exact presentation or topic or whatever you know curriculum the same exact time every single time you present it to someone you have to push yourself and you have to grow and I didn't give myself credit as to how like that is a good thing in itself to do that because you're updating it with current events you're pushing yourself you're trying to learn and incorporate different perspectives you're trying to deepen and expand the conversation and i like that and i also love using different types of media media critiquing followers in doing this stuff so here's where i'm at and things where i'm starting to wrestle with so i talked about the pandemic we know the racial reckoning happened we know with the george floyd protest that you know there are a lot of folks who are wanting to become more informed they should have been but they're wanting to be more informed but it also knowing within the past several years within different political administration administrations things have become quite divisive very divisive and you know i get it i'm say I'm not I'm not an old person but within my lifetime I would say I feel like these last past 10 years at the time of this recording it's 2022 um okay not 10 years I would say five to seven years right I can't <laughs> no. um yes last five to seven years have been very divisive um politically and especially now where it just seems that people are just angry at one another um and bashing one another and I guess one of the things that I've inadvertently wanted to do in terms of educating folks, training folks to be professionals is to explore it a little bit further and talk about, see, I'm afraid to say because I don't want to be like, can we all just get along? Why can't we be friends? Right? Both sides, both sides. Now I feel like I can't even use the words on both sides without thinking about this particular past president who had used that term in a very awful way. And ever since then, when we try to look at stuff different sides, I hear that and I'm like, no, that's not what I mean when I say at both sides, right? Hate speech, no matter where you fall on the political spectrum, is just bad. And so that's not a good thing. Is that a good people on good sides if you're literally harming people? Okay, just want to say that. I'm not talking about that now. I'm talking about how can we come together as a country that has different political beliefs and ideologies and parties to create change. Right, acknowledging the fact that we all aren't on the same part of the spectrum, right? There's there's different types, 
So, but we need to work together, right? But it just seems that something's so tense. And also in that vein, learning more about my biases as a liberal, who's most likely now a radical. And <laughs> learning about myself in a way that I see in the world you know, uh, I think when, when you're in one side is right, you see, look at the other side and talk about all the things that they do wrong and not taking a deeper look at yourselves. And so I started taking a deeper look at herself and at myself and looking at the holes within liberalism, liberalism, um, that too, right? Like, are we actually listening to folks to create change or are we bashing folks, right? Because you're so upset with them. So I'm taking a critical lens about that. And now I'm thinking about how do I pass that off? to the folks that I'm training um, to be professionals or soon to be mental health professionals or professionals within the realm of social work. I, that's hard. Um, and I've noticed that now I'm starting to have those conversations. I'm reflecting on how that makes me tense. Um, because going back to media, um, the way that each side is presented to the other side of media is very harsh and tense. Right. Like, and that made me start thinking about this most recent conversation I have. It's like, how do we pull out the biases and the prejudices away from the ideologies? Right. Because if both or either side or any side is operating from biases and prejudices that are end up making you talk down on the other group, then that's not productive. And is that even part of your political or social um, ideology or perspective on things. It's not. But I'm also noticing myself tensing up when I'm having these conversations because I'm like, ooh, are other folks having these conversations? What is it like? Are people going to hate me? Are people going to like me? But no, they're going to hate me because it's just so uncomfortable. That's where I'm sitting at. It's tough, y'all. It is really tough. I mean... Looking at a critical lens at everyone involves looking at a critical lens at yourself. I think that's really important. And when it comes to us as liberals, we got a lot of things to work with. I don't like, and I've never said this, but I think there's this belief that liberals can't be racist, which is <laughs> funny. Uh, right? Let's question what the idea of being a racist is. I also hate the fact that we define racism as like, you know, to quote a white lady who's done research on this subject or books on the subject i agree with her you know um robin d'angelo that talks about you know white fragility um and the way that white people conceptualize racist or being a racist it's like you do this one thing and you if you call yourself a racist then you're a terrible person i can't be routine and it's like no it's more of a spectrum in that i like she says um like to look at it as racial attitudes right? Um, that there's spectrum different racial attitudes and beliefs that you have that's informed by biases and some of these are harmful, right? Um, and that white folks are all susceptible of doing that, whether you are the most loving person or not, right? Um, but I think that terminology gets used by anyone as a weapon, right? Like if you pull out your pocket and you call someone that, it's like you shut it down. Or if you receive that, then it's like, oh, you can't redeem yourself, right? And it's like, let's stop using these words the way that they're not meant to be. It's like, y'all have biases and I'll be racist and stuff like that. Let's not use that to shut down the conversation To for it to be. We need to push back that, past that discomfort. Um, 
But I also think about when I'm having conversations and, and talking about this with folks, training them to be professionals, that that part may be hard to get past because it's so embaked in our social American psyche. Whew. I don't know, y'all. I'm still thinking about it. Um, but I, but I do believe kind of like with, you know, my, my hesitancy towards cancel culture, which I was afraid to talk about how I feel about cancel culture. Um, that could be another episode on its own, but I don't know if it really is. Um, if I want it to be, um, where on the one hand with cancel culture, I do like the fact that it's calling attention to things that are wrong, right? Like holding people accountable for their actions. That's like at a very base, base level of what it could be underneath that. But what ends up happening is that people who shouldn't get shut down, get shut down. So like, I've had many different arguments presented to me, which all make sense about this idea of like, well, cancel culture ends up canceling the person who's bringing up the accusation, which is not right. Or the people that are actually being canceled aren't really actually being canceled. Or that people start canceling folks for a bunch of little different things that aren't cancelable, if that makes sense. Like as opposed to it to being like an open to discussion to rectify the whatever harm was caused, that's the goal and should be the goal of it. It ends up being a million different things. And what was supposed to originally be the goal of it, you know, didn't happen. Um, that's kind of like what I'm thinking about in terms of like, how do we work with people with like liberals and conservatives, you know, together, radicals as well, right? But that's the third group that gets left out. But um, how do we work together with, you know, each other to agree with one another, um, to, to not agree, I should say to disagree respectfully, but also work with one another and take bits and parts of one another uh, to form policies that can help people. It is possible, but when we are informed by biases and, and all that stuff, and then even shaped on how, like, the content that we watch, which informs, you know, if we all watch all liberal news, if we all watch all conservative news, it, it's shaping our way. So being critical of the things that we watch, but then also being critical of the things that are presented within our um, few points, right, our ideologies, is it something that's fueled by bias and hate, I should say, towards the others, right? Or is it something that's kind of just being critical of the lens of the policies itself, but not hating on someone? Because if you hate on someone, and this is kind of stuff that we learn in our field of just like interpersonal actions, if you talk crap about somebody and talk down on somebody, they're not going to want to listen to you. So I think by exposing ourselves to other ideas and diversifying our perceptions and all that, and really having these difficult conversations that we can start moving forward in a way that's more collaborative, even if we disagree with one another on certain things. I still think progress is possible. How about you? These are just my thoughts for tonight, but I had to take over this this cast because, this podcast, <laughs> this cast, because it's all about me and it's all over the media. I mean, think about what we watch. Think about what you do. Do you think it's something that's skewed to one end or another? Social media adapts to the things that we click and skews it a certain way based on the things that we click. So you have to kind of go out of our way to get more informed sources. And there's information out there of what to do in terms of media literacy um, to make sure that you're getting a more balanced view of stuff. So that's why I'm starting. That's why I continue to push myself. But it's an uncomfortable process. But I think it's something that we all can benefit as a society. What do you think? I don't know. 
Let's hoping. Let's. Here's to hoping for growth within discomfort. I think I'm done for here. <laughs> All right, y'all. This has been Borderline Latina taking over. Until next time. <laughs>